Thank you for listening to the Highlander Podcast, where we have conversations about the past, present, and future of the outdoor industry. Thanks to Utah State University's Outdoor Product Design and Development Program for making it possible and for training the future product leaders of the outdoor industry. Learn more about the program at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Outdoor Recreation Archive, a collaboration between OPDD and USU Special Collections to preserve the history and print materials of the people, products, and brands of the outdoor industry. Follow the archive at Outdoor Rec Archive on Instagram. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode of the History of Gear, Jim Berryhill talks about the creation of the first ever catalog from the North Face in 1966. While only working in the outdoor industry for a few short months, Jim reflects on his time with the company and a lifetime of outdoor adventures. This is Chase, and joining me today on our History of Gear series, where we talk about the past, present, and future of the outdoor industry, is Jim Berryhill, um, one of the early employees of the North Face, illustrator, art director, uh, jack of all trades. Um, thanks for joining me. It's great to have you here, Jim. Well, I'm glad to be here. Well, I it's it's so fun to to talk to you because I've admired some of your work for so long. We've been building this archive of catalogs here at the university, and and it was so fun to get connected with you and actually meet someone who created a really iconic um, catalog from the first. It was the first North Face catalog. Is that right? That's correct. Well, I'd love to dig back into how you got involved in the outdoor industry. Um, <laughs> what did were you particularly an outdoor person growing up? Did you like outdoor activities? Like, what was your connection to outdoor activities before you worked for the North Face? Well, I didn't have any connection at all with outdoor activities in terms of backpacking and climbing and all that. I just was an outdoor person as a child and growing up and whatnot, <clears throat> but. After I started working for the North Face, I became more aware of what was out there. So after that, I started backpacking and hiking and uh, exploring the Western United States. Did you grow up around in the Bay Area where the North Face started? Where Where did you grow up? Where did you spend your time outdoors? I grew up in Berkeley and Piedmont and spent mm. every summer up until I was about 11 or 12 or 13 at Lake Tahoe. And so, and then did you go on to, I guess, what was your connection to outdoor products? What Were you aware of brands at that time growing up? Were, were there companies that you looked to or bought their products or used their products before oh. working in the industry? I, I, I was unaware of the commercial aspects of outdoors, aside from kids, which we all wore as children. <laughs> so mm -hmm. North Face was my first introduction with anything like that. And that probably gave me the impetus to start backpacking. 
So when did you, how did you get into art and design? Is that something that you were always interested in? Is it something you studied? Did you go to school to do that? How did you get into art and design? Well, I was always an artist as a children, when, a child. When I was growing up, my parents had a library in the living room, and I used to draw on the blank pages of the books in the library. <laughs> After that, I went to high school art class and enjoyed that. And after uh, a short term at UC Berkeley and the military, I went to a school called the Art Center College of Design. And uh, that's what got me into the North Face. What, what kinds of, what, what type of art and design, what mediums were you interested in? What did you study? I was, I was my major in college was um, advertising illustration. But after a while, I realized I didn't particularly care for advertising. <laughs> So I stuck with illustration, which got me into the North Face because my cousin, who knew Susie Russell, who was Doug Tompkins' wife eventually, um, that got me into the North Face through that connection. So this was, you got hired on in 1966? 65, probably, when we started. 65. Okay, what, can you paint a picture for us? What? What did the North Face look and feel like at that time? Where where were you working? What what, what was the state of things when you walked in that first day of work? <laughs> I was living in Tiburon on the water, so I had to commute to San Francisco. San Francisco's North Face was um, in uh, North Beach in um, San Francisco, and uh, it was right next to the Condor Nightclub, which was quite an education in itself. So while I was at the North Face, I was stuck in the basement in a drawing board <laughs> for most of the time while working on the um, catalog. While I was down there, I just kept drawing. And of course, I went upstairs to the this main shop and milled around with the employees and looked at the books in their library. And that was my introduction to all the outdoor equipment. So who, I guess... How many employees were there at that time? You weren't. You were one of the early employees. You're one of the the few that were employed by Doug. Right. Um, Doug and Susie, I imagine it was a small team at the time. Doug and Susie had um, a main manager called Duncan Dwelly, and mm -hmm. aside from that, those were the only three people I knew that were employed there. I can't remember any other employees, but they might have had one or two. It's it's so interesting looking back now at what the North Face has become. Uh, what were your thoughts day to day working in in a role at, at an outdoor company? I'm sure you could never have imagined it would become what it has become now. Um, but what were your thoughts working for for the the North North Face in those early days? Oh, it was quite interesting and illuminating in terms of what was available as far as outdoor activity was concerned. I wasn't quite aware of all the mountaineering gear and all the technical stuff involved, <clears throat> but. Um, I certainly enjoyed the experience because it opened my mind up to a great deal more than I had been previously illuminated. Yeah, right. Um, how, how long did you work for the company? As long as it took to put the first catalog out. <laughs> how long did that take? <laughs> uh, probably a matter of a few months is all. Okay, so just a few months. Um, do you still have a copy of your catalog? No, I wish I did. <laughs> I had a few uh, over the years, but eventually they just got dissipated and they eventually wound up completely disappearing. My nephew 
found out that the North Face catalog that I was involved with is on the internet. So I downloaded some of the images of that so I could re-remember re what it was all about. Oh, that's great. How does it feel knowing that you created like this, one of the first early print pieces for a company that would go on to live as long as it has? And of course, it's been through a lot of different hands and, you know, corporate changes. And it's very different from what it was back then when it was just a retail store. But um, what, what are your thoughts there, you know, being a part of kind of a legacy of a company that you know, this large at this point? Well, I hadn't given really a much of a thought at the time because it was an a gainful employment <laughs> for a short period of time. I had certainly enjoyed the experience mostly. <clears throat> and looking back on it, it's, um, as my nephew said, it took you 55 years to become famous <laughs> or infamous. <laughs> well, what led to you kind of moving on from the North Face? Did, did other opportunities? opportunities arise or what what led to that decision well there was no decision at all once i was employed to do the catalog the catalog job was over with that was it as far as my employment was concerned i had no uh -huh. ambition to get employed in any other outdoor activity or any other store or anything like that i just enjoyed what the uh, outdoors activity left me as i say that started me on backpacking and of course that started me on traveling around the world and exploring different avenues of one thing and another, like kayaking and snowshoeing and one thing and another. So it was quite an open eye-opener in that sense. Sure. So you didn't end up working professionally in the outdoor space after that Not experience? I just what, stayed, what did you end up? I just stayed outdoors all my life after I moved to Manhattan Beach. Hmm. You know what? Maybe that's not a bad thing. You you kept uh, your work and your your hobbies separate. <laughs> that's true. My hobbies predominated over work. <laughs> what? So, what did the rest of your career look like? Did you continue to work in art and design, advertising? No, I did not. I wound up working in the air freight industry. And now, do you do you still kind of pursue some art and? Uh, design on the on the side is that a hobby that you maintain no not at all hmm. i got into photography actually and that really helped me while i was wandering around the world in my trips oh that's great where where are some of the fa your favorite places that you've been able to see over the years and travel to oh raja ampat in the coral triangle was one of them for snorkeling um i'd enjoyed kayaking in alaska and fiji and of course i like hiking all over everywhere um i did the mont blanc circuit and uh, as i say i backpacked in wyoming and montana so uh, wherever there was a possibility of getting somewhere i went <laughs> that's great it sounds like you've lived a full life is there <laughs> anything that you still want to do anywhere you still want to travel yeah i'd like to go down to uh, patagonia i'd like to travel over to uh Cinque Terre in Italy, although I've been to Italy a couple of times. Um, uh, let's see. I'd like to actually travel more in the Tetons than I have. Mm. There's a big world out there. And <laughs> there's not enough time to get it all. No, there's not. Uh, there's a lot to see. But it sounds like you've seen a lot of it. I have. Um, much, well, I much more than I thought I would. Is there anything that we missed? Anything that you think is worth worth sharing from those early days? 
just the interesting people I met in the North Face. Yvonne Chenard was one of them, and uh, various other people that came popping in, look, doing whatever they were doing, looking for things or talking with Doug and about mountaineering and all that. So that was a whole eye-opener, the literature, the people I met. It was very entertaining overall and very stimulating. Yeah, what are you... In terms, what are your some of your memories of some of those early people, people like Yvonne? Do you have any specific memories or interactions that you remember? Nothing specific, uh, other than <laughs> Yvonne was a rather short fellow, and he was reputed to be able to climb up on top of the dresser without using his hands, <laughs> lift his leg up and hoist himself up. <laughs> well, so I am curious. There's there's talk of, I mean it's pretty well documented some of the early early history of the north face um some well i guess maybe maybe this was after your time the um the grateful dead performing at the opening was that after you well i was there for that particular night when they had the big work party and the grateful dead was there but <laughs> i would rather listen to beethoven than the grateful dead so i was not that interested <laughs> what was so what was that like that was in that was in the store they, yeah, they, when the great dead performed yeah have you ever seen a movie called free solo yes well that's one of the things that amazed me the most about mountaineering is a fellow that would climb up el cap without using anything other than his hands and toes it's pretty amazing it's amazing to see how the industry has evolved and the sport in general and and how much of it is still so rooted in that region in that area right because it a lot of I mean, a lot of those early gear pioneers were were spending time in the Yosemite in that area. So super influential, and of course, would go on to influence the uh, the logo of the company. Well, it certainly got to be quite a large company. The only thing I did in Yosemite, other than enjoy the surroundings, is climb up El. I mean, um, um, Half Dome, but I didn't climb up the face of it. <laughs> well, this has been really fun. Just to talk a little bit more and learn more about your story and your involvement in the industry, e even if it was brief and on the commercial <laughs> side, you've been involved in, in the outdoors for your whole life. It sounds like. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast for more conversations with outdoor leaders, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, watch episodes on the outdoor product design and development YouTube channel or on opdd.usu.edu slash podcast. Follow along on Instagram at USU Outdoor Product and let us know how you're enjoying the show.